financial crimes, fraud, and cybersecurity. Where is the convergence? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Stuart Wells. He's Executive Vice President of Product Development and Chief Technology Officer with FICO. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Stuart, to start out with, give me a sense of what are some of the key financial and fraud crimes that you're seeing globally now, and how have they evolved in recent times? At FICO, we're seeing pretty much uh, all of the financial crimes area on the rise. And, you know, particularly topical are the, the large data breaches. Uh, the news has been dominated globally with breaches such as Neiman Marcus, Target, which exposed 70 million users, uh, user information, Home Depot, JP Morgan Chase, and more recently, Anthem. So I think the most obvious uh, financial crime that we're seeing is basically these data breaches, which later on lead to greater exposure uh, to the banks and to the, the retailers. And if you look at globally the number of data breaches, there's 1,500 breaches reported in 2014, which is almost 50% year-over-year rise according to Gemalto Breach Level Index Report. And you know what's amazing, despite the number of breaches that are taking place, the size of these breaches, companies remain unsure as to how to address these cyber attacks. And, of course, their customers are particularly frustrated with their personal information and their records um, uh, being available on the web. Good news, uh, banks and credit cards are becoming more proactive in identifying and informing the customers. But net-net, I would say that this is a particularly worrisome set of financial crimes. The regulators are responding. They are introducing new measures, holding uh, management more accountable and the boards of public companies more more accountable. And consumers are demanding more transparency and accountability from the financial services companies. Actually, uh, in January, President Obama called on Congress to pass uh, legislation to bolster cybersecurity across government and private sectors. And, of course, the president also made proposals which have yet to be approved by Congress, which will significantly increase the prosecution of crime. So, you know, the regulators are responding, the governments are responding, the banks, financial services are responding. But it's, it's particularly worrisome. If you look also industry trends, Many of us have heard about the Internet of of Things, and the Internet of Things, what that means is the exponential growth of cell phones, tablets, and other mobile devices. With that device explosion comes new opportunities for vulnerabilities that can be exposed. Uh, Hewlett-Packard, their Fortify division, recently reported six out of ten of these devices have vulnerabilities, security vulnerabilities, and there are simple security vulnerabilities such as cross-site scripting errors and weak passwords. There's a similar study done by Alcatel-Lucent, which basically stated that 16 mobile devices were infected by malware in 2014. And if they've reported 16 million, you can be sure that many more who didn't report malware issues have been exposed. So net-net, it's a particularly worrisome time. There's response from regulators, response from the governments and financial institutions, but it's hard to stay ahead of uh, the criminal element. 
So there's a lot of change and evolution and sophistication in financial crimes, and we have to rise to the challenge. Stuart, up front I talked about convergence. Where do you see financial crimes, fraud, and cybersecurity being distinctly different, and where are they starting to converge? Well, I think if you look at credit card fraud, the application of sophisticated technology has been there for uh, over a decade. And when a fraudulent transaction takes place on a credit card, uh, the banks are able to deal with it in real time. In other words, when a fraudulent transaction takes place using advanced analytics, you can spot that transaction. You can either stop the use of the card or you can engage the end user in confirming the transaction. That same level of response doesn't exist in cybersecurity. So if you look at the Home Depot situation or the Target situation, it was months after the breach had taken place that it was discovered that a breach had actually taken taken place. And, of course, um, the information flows out within hours from, from the enterprise. So I think one fundamental difference is in response time. Uh, credit card uh, fraud is able to uh, be addressed in real time, distinct from cybersecurity, which may not be uh, caught and addressed for months. So that, I think that's one uh, fundamental difference. Uh, a second uh, difference is if you look at financial institutions and card issuers, they're actually able to decide on what level of fraud they're willing to accept. So they have the ability to balance losses against the customer experience. So that's another difference. You know, there's a couple of studies. So Verizon, on an annual basis, published a security report. And what was interesting about the 2014 report was that um, they they reported 54% of data breaches undiscovered for months. By contrast, or by comparison, 60% of breaches, the data stolen hours. So this is wholly unacceptable. So I think there's there's a new opportunity to take some of the uh, technologies, some of the learnings from credit card fraud, and apply them to the cybersecurity issues that we're facing. Stuart, what are the implications of convergence, and how can organizations really embrace this change? In terms of how in, uh, organizations can ad- address this uh, convergence and, and embrace the change, I think you need to look holistically at both financial crime, security, and the reputational risk. And one of the significant changes that you need to put in place is to look at this across the entire business. And that calls for a number of different changes. Today, cybersecurity or security exposures are addressed by the chief information officer or the chief technology officer. In contrast, fraud is generally addressed by the chief risk officer. And so if you're trying to prepare the enterprise for addressing that uh, breadth of exposure, you need to consolidate accountability under one leader. That will allow you to respond much more quickly to threats to the, the enterprise. So that's one benefit. The second benefit is it will give you operational improvements. Again, there's only a finite uh, budget that you can apply to all these problems, and you want to do it in a holistic, most effective fashion. So I think, number one, centralizing accountability for cybersecurity, reputational risk, and and, um, security in general under one leader. 
and then having a, a process and set of practices which are consistent again across the enterprise. And I think then you'll get the, the changes necessary to deal with these um, increasing threats. So what are some examples of how FICO customers are leveraging this convergence, please? Well, I think back to our UK customers, what I just said earlier on about looking at what responsibilities of the CIO and CTO and also looking at the responsibilities of the CRO, these organizations, our clients are looking at bringing these uh, functions together under a single leader. And it just makes perfect organizational sense. They're able to meet regulatory pressures much more rapidly. They're able to respond to threats much more rapidly. They're they're able to mobilize the the organization, uh, both the IT organization and the risk organization, to better deal with security threats and regulatory threats. Again, there's not an infinite budget to deal with this. And so the more distributed your data, the more fragmented your organization, the more costly and the more time it's going to take to be responsive to that uh, security or fraudulent threat. What would you say are the technology tools that organizations most need to take advantage of this convergence? I think it's it's not just the tools. They need to look at actually uh, three different aspects. They need to look at uh, doing an overall risk profile and looking at the overall risks that they're facing in a cohesive, managed way. So I think that, that would be top of my list. Second would be you have these real-time threats and you need a real-time uh, detection system and prioritization system. We're talking about tens, if not hundreds of thousands of, of incidents that happen across the enterprise continuously. And so the question is, how can you, one, detect the threats, two, prioritize them and make them available and then deal with them in real time? And then I think, you know, coming back to a second aspect of that technology, so one is process, one is ability to respond in real time effectively, prioritize and distill the wheat from the chaff, but you also need very advanced analytics, uh, analytics that uh, do anomaly detection, basically are predictive, exploit artificial intelligence techniques, as well as outlier techniques. And you need to do and apply these analytics in this real-time system across your entire uh, enterprise. And that way, you'll recognize, just in the same way credit card fraud is recognized in real time, you'll recognize breaches in real time, and then you'll be able to shut them down. It doesn't matter how good your security systems are. Fraudsters and criminals will always find a vulnerability. And so it's not just a case of building uh, walls to protect yourself. It's a case of recognizing you will be breached recognizing when you will be breached and responding before serious damage is done with reputational damage and financial damage to your corporation. So, Stuart, beyond the tools, what would you say are the new skills that organizations most need? I think it's it's a combination of both new skills, old skills, and combined skills. So clearly, you have to be extremely knowledgeable about your distributed data, your data architecture. Being knowledge about storage systems and about the, the data architecture you have in place today and the data architecture you want going forward. Clearly, the more distributed your data, the diff, more different the data or the lack of standards your data architecture has 
the more difficult it's going to be to apply a consistent uh, security framework to that data or consistent processes and practices to that data. So number one, uh, understanding data architecture and data processes. Number two would be an existing understanding of your, your security techniques and processes today, but also understanding that security technologies are advancing at a very rapid rate. They have to be to deal with the quality of criminals and the number of criminal attacks that enterprises are being subject to. So an understanding of security would be number two. What's often overlooked both by the IT organization and the risk organization is that enterprises are made up of multiple vendors uh, offers. So whether that be on the hardware side or the computer side, computer side, the storage side, uh, database side or middleware side or application side, every one of these assets, the, these services that are provided to run the enterprise have vulnerabilities. Each of these vulnerabilities are opportunities for criminals to exploit. And so what has to happen is the process, the operational process by which the IT infrastructure is managed has to be continually updated with patches. So, you know, operating systems, it may be that uh, you decide you don't want to patch on a weekly basis, but, you know, criminals are such that they can spot a vulnerability and they're, they're hitting you all the time. And so unless you're updating your, your operating systems, your storage infrastructure, as soon as the defect, uh, security defect is uh, identified by the vendor, you have to patch that on an ongoing, continuous basis. So being data savvy, security savvy, and then have an operational uh, process that's extremely disciplined and is continually responding to threats are, are critical. Also, this is, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, it's extremely costly, and you can't keep applying IT staff to the problem. You've got to continually be automating your processes and automating the update of your infrastructure if you're ever going to uh, keep up with the sophistication of the attacks. And then lastly, I'll say that there has to be someone who stays on top of the industry. The challenges that are, are provided in the fraud and cybersecurity area are, are so complex and it's very difficult for one individual or a large team to stay on top of. So the other advice I'd give is don't fight this battle alone. Leverage your industry peers leverage security and risk forums to uh, draw information that allow you to deploy best practices as um, as rapidly and as cost-effectively as possible. Stuart, a final question for you. We've talked about the trends, about the technology, about the skills. Where should organizations begin this journey toward convergence, and how can they earn what you might look at as their first really big wins? So, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, fraud, AML, and cybersecurity are two ends of the same problem. And today's cyber breaches will be tomorrow's fraudulent or money laundering problems. So, you know, from our perspective, you have to start with an understanding of your valuable data, the data that's most likely to uh, be breached and exposed. You have to understand its location and, and the method that's protecting that data. You have to assess your vulnerabilities and the latest methods and technologies to provide it. You have to assess your, you know, your risk exposure. And it comes back to the biggest win that you can have right out the, the, the shoot is to 
bring together your CIO, your CRO, and do a risk assessment. And your risk assessment across the entire enterprise of all your valuable data assets. And then systematically work through these assets to say, do we have sufficient protection? How, how frequently do we apply our security practices? Do we have external auditors assessing our approach against in, industry best practices? So I think that is, is where I would encourage organizations to start. And from that risk assessment, both of the critical data assets and the security infrastructure, then put the processes and practices that are industry leading and, and do that in a systematic fashion. So that would be how to start. I think what's pretty clear from our experience in, in the credit card fraud area where uh, we're the industry leader, it's the, the use of sophisticated analytics. Um, you know, if you look at credit card fraud, it's declined since um, 1992 by 70%. And if we were able to do that in data breaches, uh, most of us would be uh, significantly happier. But again, those advances have taken place because of the application of analytics and the application of analytics in real time. So bringing the, these fraud successful fraud technologies and approaches to bear on the cybersecurity space, again, is going to give you measurable improvement in your protection against data breaches. And then lastly, I'll just talk about data. Uh, I mentioned earlier on about distributed data architectures, which most enterprises have to be. These data architectures are, are generally in silos, particularly in financial services organizations, which many run their organizations even today as silo businesses. And of course, the more siloed the business, the more disparate the data sources, the more different these data sources are managed, the more vulnerabilities. And so bringing those data sources together in a fashion that allows for a integrated view, an integrated approach to security, an integrated approach to the application of data standards will all simplify the data protection process. So that's what we would recommend. Well, Stuart, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. The topic has been financial crimes, fraud, and cybersecurity, the convergence. I've been speaking with Stuart Wells. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.